This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. All right, guys, and welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast. Joining me is a good friend of mine, a cousin of mine. Um, We film a TV show together. Uh, he's been a, a hunting friend of mine for, for for a while, and so it's an honor to have him on. Uh, you might recognize the voice. He is the voice of the intro, um, so he brings me in each and every week. Mr. Grant Ledbetter. Grant, how are you, man? I'm doing great, man. It is a, uh, it's a fun time. Um, right now, it is um, about to, we are about to embark on September. Uh, so we've got elk hunt planned, we've got bear bear hunt planned, we've got um, several deer hunts planned, and uh, this fall is coming up quickly, and so it's an exciting time getting bows ready and, and tuning in broadheads and, and uh, man, just getting our hunts planned up. So before we dive in, I do want to give a quick thank you uh, to some of our great friends at 10 Gauge Outfitters, a premier pheasant hunting outfit here in the great state of Kansas. Uh, they have one of the prettiest lodges you will ever go to, and uh, and they will absolutely put you on some birds. So if you've ever considered pheasant hunting, um, or you just want to get away and have an awesome stay at a beautiful lodge, uh, check out 10 Gauge Outfitters. Those guys are absolutely incredible. So, Grant, we are in the middle of our elk hunting series. And I wanted to talk with you. You have a pretty special first elk story. Um, so I just wanted to, to bring you on. You've been a deer hunter your whole life. Mm-hmm. But uh, how old were you? How, how many years ago was it when you first started elk hunting? I believe my first uh, elk hunt was uh, in September of 2017. And uh, just really didn't know what to expect. Um, going out west um, definitely wasn't in good enough shape. A Midwestern boy <laughs> hits the mountains. Oh, man. It, you, they say that you kind of have to experience it once to know exactly um, what it's what you need to be prepared for. And I promise you, I was not prepared. So as you'll find out, I was thankful that I got a, a shot on the first day. <laughs> now, you and 
all your brother, both your brothers were at this mm-hmm. camp together, right? Yeah. So first off, I mean, that's anytime you're hunting with family, it's just a, it's a special thing. So, um, already an exciting time just going hunting with your family. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Colorado, correct? First one's Wyoming. Wyoming. 7J Outfitters? Yes. 7J Outfitters, a legendary um, elk hunting outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, grew up watching those guys on TV as we were kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we watched, uh, you know, Mossy Oak, or not Mossy Oak, we watched Real Trees, you know, Big Buck. Monster Bucks. Monster, Monster Bucks Bulls. there. Yeah. Uh, and, and man, just, uh, I remember, you know, hearing stories about, about this hunt. Uh, so tell me how it all unfolded. Well, it was just, like I said earlier, I didn't have any clue of what to expect. You, uh, you get online, get on YouTube, try and watch all of these hunts beforehand and, and prepare yourself and just to kind of, you know, get a game plan in your mind of how it's going to be. And then when you get there, you realize you got to throw it all out the window because no hunt is like any other. Everything's different, you know. And so we get there, we roll into camp and and uh, meet our guides. And the first day we go out and... Uh, the place that we were hunting, I can't remember what they called this piece of property, but they had names for diff- each different place that they would go. But uh, we get out of the truck and uh, we walk across this big flat and it drops off down into these draws. And I'm just, my heart's just pumping being there. You know, I mean, I'm just like, dude, I am elk hunting with 7J Outfitters and I've got my bow and, and I'm like, this is just a once in a lifetime hunt and thank the good lord that it's turned out to something that i've been able to do every year since then but that first initial experience it just was mind-boggling so we get out of the truck we're walking across there and and the sun's just starting to peek over the horizon and and we get down in this little draw and the guide stops us and says this is kind of where they come off the fields back into bed and we're sitting there and the first sound I ever heard out of an elk was two big six by six bulls fighting. We look up on this ridge top and they are just two of them just going at it. And I'm like, my buddy Caleb that was hunting with me, I'm looking up like, can you believe this? I mean, we're used to shooting whitetails and we're, you know, get in the car one day and drive 14 hours and you're here and you've got this in front of you, you know, and that's just, that's where you just, I cannot say enough about if you have the opportunity to get with a good outfitter, how that think, makes a difference. I don't think anybody understands um, the size of an elk oh. until the first time you see him in the woods. You know, I remember the first time seeing an elk in the wild and uh, it come out of a tree line just 20, 30 yards in front of us. Mm-hmm. And I can, like, I just couldn't even fathom how big they really were until I saw it in person. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's antlers are scraping the tops of the trees as it's walking <laughs> through. And, and you're just, and, and we were hunting in an area that we, we couldn't shoot an elk. So we were, we were just going to watch this elk. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, he bugles in our face. Oh, and I mean, there's it was just, nothing like that in the world. It's insane, man. I'm um, telling you. All right, continue on. So we're, we're there and, and uh, we just, get down in that spot and he said we're going to get to right right where they come back to bed and those elk ended up taking a different route as usually game do they do what you uh, least expect them to do and so that morning we try to move on around to the other side because there was a property line we couldn't 
cross. We had to go and make a different game plan. So we we hightail it back on the way that we came in, and we we see the way that they're going. We try to drop off into another draw, and we get down there, and he starts calling. And when I say he, it's it's his name's Kenny, and uh, he's like an, a renowned uh, guide for Seven J Outfitters, and he's calling and we hear this bull up there and he's bugling and he's looking up through the woods and he says, he's got, he's got a bunch of cows with him. He said, I don't think I can get him off of there, but I see the body of an elk start coming. And I'm like, Caleb's up first, my friend. And, and, um, he's up there with his bow and he's set up and he's like, he's like, there's something coming. And, and it ends up being a cow. The cow circles Caleb and literally comes trying to find out where that cow call is coming from. And it walks literally. I could have reached out and touched it with my finger, just right in front of me on the ground. Here I am, a Midwestern boy again, a white tail hunter, and I've got <laughs> this got thing this as big as a beef cow <laughs> right there next to me. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And I come back there, and, and it's 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 so cool for. Were you, you like, scared? I was a little bit scared. I, I may or may not have had to change my pants after that, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just. It was unbelievable, and what's cool about it is to see like how the guide, what it what it does for them when they see how much it means to a hunter, just for them to provide, and they, that's something they see every day. But when they see that excitement that's on the, you can tell that they get a kick out of that themselves. But so that morning, we ended up not being successful as far as harvesting anything. We had a great hunt, saw lots of elk, um, but then that evening, we go back. That afternoon, we rest up a little bit, and then we go back out, and he's like, man, honest to goodness, not optimum conditions because the wind is just blowing like gale force. I mean, just horrible, horrible winds. He's like, he's like, what do you want to do? He said, you want to go up in, in glass a little bit and see if we can't put a play on something? I was like, yeah, man. I said, let's do whatever you think. And he said, I think that's our best chance. We'll get up, get up high in glass and see if we can't spot something. So... This is our, our first evening of the hunt. We're going up there to this tallest peak around, and uh, we're right there. And I believe this spot you could look over and you could see uh, Devil's Tower, which is, is like a national uh, whatever, you know. And, right. and we look over, and, and you're up so high you can look over and you see that. It's just beautiful country. And, and how high were you at this point? Do you know, you know, I don't know for sure on what the elevation was, but we were high enough that I was sucking for wind. I yeah, promise you. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I remember the first time I went on a mountain hunt and, uh, you know, we get out of the truck at like 8,000 mm-hmm. and, uh, and our first night in, we go up and, and, you know, the next morning we're at nine. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it was insane how I couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I know. And how you start burning, your lungs yes. start burning. I, and I have, I've had experience uh, being at altitude. I, I played baseball one year, and I think the place I stayed when I played baseball, I actually drove down to the stadium. But uh, I, where I stayed at, I was at like 9,800 feet wow. elevation. And I remember it was so this is a totally random story, but I got up to go to practice one day during spring training, and it was snowing up there and i drove down drove out of the snow into warm weather yeah now I, I do as a as a tip as a piece of advice if you're from the midwest or from the south uh, or from a low elevation and you're going to hunt at a higher elevation go to three days in advance um and just go walk around you know un- until you know for a couple of days until your hunt starts um to get your body acclimated to being at that higher altitude with that with that 
with that lack of wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, just try to get yourself acclimated to that before you start hunting. Because there's nothing worse than, you know, trying to keep up with your buddies who, you know, I was hunting with guys who were from there, and so they were used to the to the elevation, yeah. so there was nothing worse than trying to keep up with them, and, and uh, you'll enjoy your hunt a lot more if you'll just go just a few days in advance uh, just to get your body Absolutely. acclimated to it. Absolutely. And so that day, um, that first evening of the hunt, we're headed up there high to uh, glass, and we're almost to the top of the peak, and Kenny, our guide... He looks over, and it was Caleb was up first. He was the first shooter that morning. Um, that evening, I was up to bat. And he looks all the way across. I, I bet it was, I don't know, how, I don't know how, how far it was. It was probably a quarter or half mile away. He's like, there's a bull. And I'm like, where are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, because it's it was pretty open where we were looking, but he just, I mean, dude, eagle yeah. eyes, and he that's what he does for a living, spends every day of his life. Yeah, and we're used to looking mountains. in wheat fields. He's oh, used yeah. to looking in mountains. And he's like, we're standing there for a second, and and he gets in his binoculars. I'm like, is it a shooter bull? He said, he said it's a definitely a legal bull. It's a pretty good bull. And he's like, he's like, do you not see him? He's right there. I'm like, where are you talking about? We literally stood there for like five minutes. And he's trying to point this bull out to me. I never do see it. And so I was just like, man, if you think he's legal and, you know, I wasn't trying to be too picky my first hunt. I was like, if it's a legal bull and he gets within bow range, I'm going to try and light him up. And so he's like, what do you want to do? He said, it's not a huge bull. He said, but it's it's definitely a branch antler bull and uh, it'd be a good first bull. I'm like, well, dude, let's go for it. And so, I mean... In gale force winds, we start across this big, big ravine, and we go down into that thing, and and um, we pop up on the other side, which probably to get to where I ended up getting an, a shot opportunity at this bull, we probably walked, I'd say about 500 yards, straight down and then straight back up, and I'm huffing and puffing, and we get over there. And luckily the wind was blowing, but it was blowing the direction that the bull was. So he got up and he looked across that canyon and he blows a cow call just as loud as he could blow it. And he looks there for just a few seconds and we're, we're back behind him. And he says, they're coming. There's two bulls. And he takes off running. He puts us, me and Caleb puts me in front because I was up to shoot. It puts us behind these little trees. There's like nothing there, just these little trees. Yeah. And I'm a big old boy. <laughs> I'd hide behind that little tree. But he just said, stand there beside those bushes. And uh, he runs back down that draw, back up the other side to try and call those things past us. And so we're sitting there, and he said they're coming on a dead run. So he gets over there and starts calling. And I'm sitting there, and I'm my heart is literally pounding and I am just a mess. I'm like, what is this is even going to be like when I have this elk, this bull just step up in front of me? I mean, am I going to just be able to keep it together? Because I was just, I was just a mess. So I, I calm myself down. I was like, just take a deep breath. It's just a monster whitetail. It's just a, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just the biggest whitetail white you've ever seen. But I, I just tried to tell myself all of those things. I try to say, don't look at their rack. Don't look at the, the giant horns. and Don't and, look at them at all. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, these elk pop up 
over the top of that right to where he had called them. And I've got my rangefinder. I slide it up. There's two of them. One's a five by five and one's a six by six. The five by five actually had a little bit bigger frame. Um, and I hit him with my rangefinder first and he was like 72 steps. Um, and then the other one was 64 yards and he was a six by six. And so I'm like, I'm going to shoot the closer one because they were pretty close. I didn't know. I didn't have time to count their points at that time. I just, I knew they were similar in size. Knew the other one was probably a little bit bigger frame. So I draw back, I set my pin in there and I release it and smack right behind the shoulder. But in all the hustle and bustle of all of that happening, I didn't really notice that he was kind of quartering to me. Yeah. And I just instantly, when I see that arrow hit, I'm like, I just smoke this dude. And I've got my hands in the air and the guy, he sees the shot. So he comes running back over real fast so we can see what's, what yeah. the bull's doing. And as he runs down that hill away from us, we get him in the binoculars and realize that I'd hit him right behind the shoulder but it had quarter, he was quartering to me, so it had angled out by his back flank on the opposite side. And so there was some gut hanging out of that exit hole. And my guide, he was like, man, he said, he said your, your entry was okay. He said, but you, you just didn't account for him quartering to you. And I was like, man, I was just started instantly getting sick. I'm like, I was like, well, how's an elk handle a gut shot, you know? And he's like, well, he said, believe it or not, he said, an elk, that's, they can't hardly take a gut shot. He said, and this is something that I think people should get right here because rather he's, and this is what he said, and you can take this with a grain of salt. This is coming from somebody that's got very little experience with elk, but here's what he told me. He said, if he has a hunter come in and he's got a marginal shot, he would rather a hunter shoot one back in the guts than he would try and get one through a shoulder because he said for some reason an elk cannot handle a gut shot so he said i feel confident that we'll get on that bull we'll, we'll find that bull and i'm like man i hope you're I hope, Lord. I hope you're confident because i'm like sick as a dog i mean sleepless night we go back there we 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 actually now have you either of your brothers killed at this point yet no this is the first day this was the first day. Um, I think my brother Gabe. Usually Garrett ends up shooting like a booner on the first, you know, ten minutes or whatever. Oh, Garrett! I mean, he ended up <laughs> there again. He ended up killing just a monster yeah. bull, his first ever bull, and it was like a world class bull, yeah. you know. But that's just that's he's a great hunter. That's just how he does. But um, no, that night we before we go back to the cabin. We swing around the other side to see if we can just glass and see where they're going. And we saw the other bull, the five by five that I did not shoot, but we didn't see the six by six. So he said, he said, that's a good sign. He said he couldn't keep up with him. So, you know, hopefully he's just going to be laying off in those trees tomorrow morning. So they have a rule that once you've drawn blood, you're, you're, you can't carry your weapon. And so the next morning we go out, Caleb's got his bow, but I do not because I've drawn blood and we get in there and there's bulls bugling all over the place and we make a play on some they're smaller bulls um uh I believe that I believe a bull has to have three points on one side to be a legal bull there um that may not be correct but I believe that's the way that it is maybe that's Colorado fact check me on that but anyways we were 
making a play on these other bulls. One of them was a spike. One of them was like a little three by three or a little fork and horn. And so he elected not to shoot either one of those. And so we're walking back about three quarters of a mile away towards where I had shot that bull. And we're hearing all these other bulls bugle. And all of a sudden, Caleb said, there's a bull right there. And we just stop. And Caleb puts up his binoculars because he spotted it before the guide or myself even seen it. And he said, there's a bull right there. And throws up his binoculars. And he looks and he says, that is your bull. And he's laying there with my arrow still sticking out of his side, still alive the next morning. And the guide, he, and, that, and you got to understand, they're just about getting them killed the fastest, quickest, most humane right. way, which that's obviously we applaud that. That's the way to be. But he was like, we need to get Caleb up there to see if he can't finish that bull off. I'm like, bro, this is my first ever elk. I would like to do the finishing if I could, you know, and that may seem so weird to some of you, but that's just, I wanted to oh, do that. And, and he said, he said, okay. He said, well, we're going to have to go back to the truck and get your bow. I was like, I said, I will, I'll hightail it back there. If you'll just give me this opportunity. Cause I want to finish Absolutely. what I started, you know? And, and, uh, he said, okay. So we go back, he marks where that's at. We go back to the truck. I get my bow and I'm back in stalking mode and we get up there and he's trying to remember exactly what ridgeline he was laying on because it was, if you could have seen this spot, it was literally, he went and laid on a little shelf to where he could see everything coming to him around, but nothing behind him yet. And so we were trying to figure out how to get in on the top side of that shelf. And so luckily our guide, he's like the mountain whisperer. He, he found exactly the same tree that he had marked when we had went back to the truck. I mean, we had to go a long ways back to my, the truck to get the bow. And he found that same tree that he had marked. He said, I think he's laying where this ridge line peaks out. And so we stalked up there and he could see the top of his horns or his antlers. And so he gets up there and he ranges him. He's like, he's like, he is right there. He's like 30 yards and we're looking straight down over the top of him. And he, he said, basically looking down on his back, he said, slide it just over that spot on his back. And so I slide it right there and just smash him. And he never gets up out of his bed and dies right there. And we go down to that thing. And I'm like, it's just, it's like an experience. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's it's more to be experienced than it is to be explained when it comes to that because I go go down there and I've got like every emotion in the world something that I grew up as a little kid watching on TV you know thinking man that would be so cool to do someday but I'll probably never be able to do that I'm here now not only did I get the opportunity but I've done it that's awesome man I have killed a bull elk with a bow and arrow and I'm like on top of the world I'm like hugging my guide and crying and just such an emotional thing and and it wasn't the biggest bull in the world by any means but it was so special to me just to be able to have had that moment take place and and then my guide he was just dude he said you just take all the time you want this is your moment 
we're gonna go find another bull. No, he he just he told me right there. He said he said, and this is what's cool about it, because sometimes you think it maybe a guy that just comes down to just be in business for them, but this is where you see that they are hunters too. There's a reason why they got into that. That's because right. they just love to hunt, you know. And it's it's I've seen it be kind of tough for them because they're not in control of the weapon. Yeah. All they can do is play the game and play those elk into your hands, and then it's up to you to close the deal. And But he told me, he said, you know, I've been doing this for so many years. He said, and I thought about, you know, I thought about hanging it up not too long ago, but he said he had a guy come in uh, with a crossbow, elderly gentleman, and uh, he said he had, he had wanted to kill an elk so bad, and he just had had misfortune after misfortune wasn't able to get it done and then finally he had like a young bull come in what was just barely legal but this guy gets a shot he gets him a shot like on his last day of his hunt and he smokes this bull at like 20 yards and the bull just runs like 40 yards and falls over dead he said my guide he said he was just about ready to hang it up maybe call it a career guiding and he said this guy goes over there lays his bow down and just starts weeping just when he'd killed this bull he was just like man and i saw that guy at how much it meant to him and i was like i was just able to provide that guy with a dream that he had always wanted to accomplish i was able to do that and he's like i realized then he's like i'm gonna do this as long as i'm able to provide people with that experience and i'm telling you what an experience he did provide for me. Now, I've got a couple questions about the hunt. Uh, but before we get, before I ask you those, I do want to give another quick thank you to my friends over at Wise Eye Technology. Uh, they make cellular cameras, um, and they are the best cellular cameras. They, they give you all of your data and graphs and charts so you can see when the bucks are there, what time, what days. That's awesome. Uh, what weather they're there, uh, you know, when the moon phase affects them and when they're there. Um during the moon phase and it will categorize uh, your bucks and it will also um it will give you like species recognition so you don't have to shift through hundred thousand pictures of coons you can just <laughs> make just scouting the easy bro the bucks um because especially here in in kansas there's times i'll look through 44 pictures of a coyote mm. and then finally get to a picture of a deer so i oh, know um Awesome cameras uh, at a really good price. So go check out Wise Eye Technology at wiseeyetech.com. Uh, those guys make some phenomenal gear. But uh, back to the elk hunt. Now, where? So when I pictured that that recovery of that elk, mm-hmm. um, was it hard? Was it hard to pull that elk out of there? So what it what had happened is where he died on that shelf. We were able to go down, and, and the guides there, they drive little uh, Toyota Tacoma trucks, little four-wheel drive Toyota Tacomas, and they will literally go about anywhere. And so he's coming through there, and he just rams over a couple of dead <laughs> trees, and he gets in there close enough to where we are able to take that bull, and you know we obviously have to clean him up and stuff enough to where we're able to get the majority of his body in there. And we got him in the back of that little truck, and you talk about squatting that thing. That was a, a heavy, heavy animal to put in the back of that little Toyota Tacoma. But we got him in there and then took him to the uh, meat locker there um, and got him all processed up. And 
ate on that thing for a couple of years, you know, my family did, but, uh, no, he got right in there to him. I ate on him too. Yeah, you did. Very good. Good Man, stuff. That, if you, if you, well, before I, before I said, I want to ask you this being growing up deer hunting your whole life, mm-hmm. standing over an elk that mm-hmm. weighs what? Six times more than a deer. Is well, that- it weighs a lot. I mean, I think, I think that one that I shot weighed like close to 800 pounds. Okay. So four times more than mm-hmm. a big buck here in Kansas. Um, Explain the different reaction that goes through your mind when you're standing It was over. just a totally different deal in and of itself from the very beginning. But it was like, uh, you know, I mean, they are just like a enormous deer, you know, as far as they look. But it's just like when you actually get over them, you're like, man, because you just don't know what to expect. I mean, right. I was a total novice, you know, and still am. I've been going after him three years now, but I still feel like I've got so much to learn. Um, but each and every year... And that's what I love. Sorry to cut you off. That's what I love about the sport of hunting mm-hmm. is we can grow up and be hunters our whole life. Oh. But the moment you step in and try a new species, it's like mm-hmm. you get to learn everything all over. And again. that's what I think is, and this is what I try to do, no matter how many deer I kill, no matter how many big bucks I have on the wall, and I've got a lot of big bucks on the wall, I always try to learn from other people yeah. every time I get the opportunity. Because we meet people all the time that know a lot more than us yeah. and we've been doing it. I've been, I've been hunting deer my entire life, killed a lot of them, killed a lot of them with any kind of weapon you can imagine. But a when, blow gun even, I, <laughs> I wish, I wish if that, if that becomes legal in our state, I guarantee you I'm going hey, after them. You're a better blow gun shot than you are archery. Hey, so I'm a pretty good blow gunner. Now I, you, what you said though, it speaks volumes, man. And that's why, and hey, I'll be honest. Uh, I haven't watched it in a long time. I don't. I don't really watch TV anymore. Uh, but uh, Major League Bowhunter, that used to be their mm-hmm. motto, was never stop learning. Yeah. And I loved that because being a, you know, really when I was really watching their show, I'd probably say I was a high schooler. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, high school is when you get all cocky and you think you got it all down and you're the best and nobody else. And then you hear those guys that you're watching on TV and they say, "Listen, I still got stuff to learn." Yeah. You know that 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 taught me as a young hunter that. Oh. No matter what, we still have stuff to learn. But that's what I love about trying different species and trying different. Mm-hmm. You know, I just picked up a trad bow, and that's 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 what I'm getting into now. Oh yeah, me and too. And so this week, I've just been shooting, and it's it's a whole new sport. It is. It's a whole new. It's like you're starting all you're over. You're starting over mm-hmm. from scratch, and that's what I love about it, man. Oh, me too. As opposed to different sports, I mean, if you play basketball, you play basketball. Mm-hmm. If you play football, you play football. And that's um, what's cool about it. Like my brother-in-law, David Gaston, he has been. Uh, shooting a traditional bow for a little while now and and he was able to get out and harvest several deer with his traditional bow and he's like man it's a totally different deal and that got to me got me wanting to do it and and like I said about learning from other people David's younger than I am but David's the go-to guy on a lot of these things you want to I mean he's my younger brother-in-law but I have no qualms with going to him and be like dude how do I do this yeah and he will shoot you straight every time i went to him sunday at church so, I mean, <laughs> i'm telling I you i didn't know what kind of string to get <laughs> absolutely and and that's what's so cool about it is and i think the hunting industry as a whole sometimes we struggle with um i don't know probably Humbling just, ourselves yeah because pride yeah. you know we we want everybody to think you know we kill the biggest deer and, yeah and uh we're the ones that's got it all figured out on how to hunt big bucks or whatever it may be i mean kill big bulls if you're talking about elk but when it all comes down to it, we are a part of a family. 
Absolutely. And we are a part of a way of life that we all need to embrace one another mm -hmm. and, and help one another out. And when somebody else uh, is successful, be happy for that person. And when somebody else struggles and they, they um, have a heartbreaker or they miss one at 20 yards, dude, go through that moment with them and, and try to be like, Hey dude, you'll get them next time, you know, but yeah. it, it's, it's just something that I think we fail to do so many times because really a few years ago, I realized this, that I got so in to try and killing the biggest buck. I got so into that, that I really kind of isolated myself from guys that I'd always hunted with yeah. because I was on my own mission to try and kill and you lose it that the deer. joy of it yeah and i was like i was setting up in a in a stand one day and i'd hunted like however many days in a row and i was sitting there by myself and i was like dude is this even fun anymore this was so much more fun yeah when i was out with my buddies and out with my family and well, i appreciate you said that i'll be in your tree stand with you <laughs> <laughs> i haven't been that convicted yet <laughs> I've never seen a deer when I've hunted with you. I know. Kidding. Isn't that crazy, though? But we have a blast. I know. And, I, and I, I got to... I said it in all seriousness. We've never shot a deer together. No, we haven't. We haven't. We've only went out a couple times, though. But Right. But every time we've went, it's been a blast. Oh, absolutely. Because you can have a fun time in the that woods. That may be why we haven't shot one, because of all the <laughs> laughing that's going on. <laughs> but that's the point, is you can have a blast in the woods, and it doesn't always have to be about the harvest. Um, and, and I do want to, to that point... Um, kind of a motto that I live by is just take back your joy of hunting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I didn't get into hunting. When, when we first started, you know, our dads didn't teach us it's all about the biggest bucks. Mm -hmm. That's not what the lesson was ever about. Mm -hmm. um, but part of your story there made me made me think of this. Steve Ranella, um said, never pass an animal on the first day, which you'd be happy to shoot on the last. Yeah. So you said that bull, and, and I mean, I'm not an elk hunter. But I've seen that bull hanging on your wall, and I'm like, good Lord, mm -hmm. what a monster. Mm -hmm. But in that statement, you said, uh, you said, you know, he's not a, a monster, but he'd be a good first bull. Yeah. Is there anything you would change about that hunt if you could? Nothing at all. From, and, you know, I mean, I, I will say this. I wish I would have put a better shot on him initially so he didn't have to suffer at all. But, you know, we're human but beings. you learned something from it. Yeah, I did learn something from it. And and I think it made it that much more. You don't know how I prayed that night when I went back to the cabin. I was like, God, please, just help us find that bull. I mean, because I didn't know. I, I mean, I drew blood, so I was supposed to be done. No matter if I recovered the bull or not, I was done. Right. And I was like, God, we've come all the way out here, and you've blessed me with this opportunity please God, just let us recover that bull. And I was, I was feeling kind of just, just dejected when we went in there because I don't know, for some reason I just felt like, you know, I was trying to get a read from the guide because I had nothing to go off of. And I just, I know I was bugging the crud out of him. I was like, dude, you think we'll find that bull? He's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, hopefully. And a few minutes later, I was like, well, how do you really feel about it? You think we'll find that bull? He's like, bro, I don't know. We're just going to have to see. You know, and I was just. 30 seconds later. I know. <laughs> I felt like a little kid, you know, because it was my first time. But uh, anyways, we just it working out the way that it did. And then just us stumbling onto that bull three quarters of a mile from where I shot the bull. That was just like, he, he just, he said afterwards, he said, dude, 
I don't know how this happened. I said, I do. I, I literally got on my knees and prayed last night, and I believe God directed us to this bull. Yeah. He's like, I don't know. He said, but there's no way on earth we should have found that bull. He said, there's no way on earth we should have found him. And we stumbled right over the top so of him. So you should have said, lying to me all day. Give me hope. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I'm telling you. Honest to goodness, that guy right there, and I found out more after the fact when I left there, Kenny from 7J Outfitters is a legend literally a legend in the elk woods and the whitetail woods i mean he's just phenomenal i mean you've seen him on he's been on those monster bucks and monster bulls episodes guy to david blanton and all them guys you know and um he's just a phenomenal guy fun to be around and but that that whole experience in and of itself was something i will literally never ever forget so stupid question Mm mm-hmm if somebody this fall has a chance to go elk hunting, mm-hmm. should they do it? Oh, that is definitely a stupid question because that is a hundred percent yes. And that's that's what we are at, at at hunting 101. That's what you're all about. Try something new. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you've been a deer hunter your whole life, take on the challenge of going out west and shooting an elk. Take on the challenge of, of going on an antelope hunt or a, a mule deer hunt. You know, try something new. Uh, branch out and and experience and find. There's a whole other world in hunting that I've never oh, yeah. experienced before. I mean, you get out in the mountains, and, and if you go a week without seeing an elk, mm-hmm. it's going to be an awesome trip just yeah. because you're in the mountains. I mean, And all, this, uh, all the other stuff you just get to experience yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for me, you know, my first hunt, uh, mountain hunt would have been in Idaho. And to see elk and mule deer and, and bears, I mean, mm-hmm. a wolf. We saw a wolf. I mean completely completely different you know we're yeah. here we see a coyote a deer and a pheasant mm-hmm. i mean just completely different some red squirrels i didn't harvest yes <laughs> i didn't harvest a, a a bear that that trip we were hunting bears i didn't harvest a bear but that will forever be one of the greatest trips of my life oh, I mean, yeah. just because it's a whole different experience mm-hmm. um but before we go i do want to give a quick thank you to our wonderful friends over at three rivers archery they are your longbow and recurve experts Listen, guys, they offer same-day shipping. They are number one in customer service by far. They're the world's largest supplier of traditional and primitive archery gear, which is how they get to ship out your stuff same day. They are the best source for answering all of your traditional archery questions. So anything you've got on traditional archery, call Three Rivers. They are the best to answer those questions Guys, make sure and check out Three Rivers Archery on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram and all other social media platforms because these guys are second to none when it comes to longbow and recurves. Um, Grant, thank you so much for coming on, man. Where are you elk hunting this year? Colorado? Uh, This year, that's the plan, going back to Colorado this year. the stupid COVID doesn't mess anything up. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't, man. But uh, we will have you on again um, after September to talk about this elk hunt. And, uh, and, and what I want to do is compare your knowledge from the first elk hunt to your knowledge on this will be your fourth elk hunt. I think about fifth. four. I think this is going to be four. Your fourth elk hunt. Mm-hmm. So just in four years, what you can learn, uh, I can almost promise you you didn't know how to call elk your no. first trip. Yeah, and this last, um, year, this last year it worked out to where the first part of the trip I was on my own and it was cool almost got it done completely by myself so going from the first year where i literally i had no clue just able to 
to be able to pick up those things from our guide, I was able to implement those things. So that's what it's all about, man. Absolutely. Learning and progressing each and every year. And that's what I want to do is just uh, have you on. So four years um, as an elk hunter and have you on and just kind of compare from your first year to this year, what you've learned, um, how you've grown as an elk hunter and, and giving us as novice elk hunters advice. Uh, but guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. And I would encourage you to go out and try elk hunting this fall. If you get the chance, there are some great States like Colorado where you can go and over the counter elk hunt for relatively cheap. And so go out and give it a, a shot, go out and give it a try. And, uh, I just hope that you will have a fantastic week and thank you for listening.